May is Fibromyalgia Awareness Month. It's important to raise awareness about this chronic and often debilitating invisible illness known as fibromyalgia. This month-long campaign is an opportunity to educate people about the symptoms, causes, and treatments of fibromyalgia, as well as to show support for those living with these and other related invisible illnesses. Through increased awareness, we can work towards better understanding and management of fibromyalgia and ultimately improve the quality of life for those who are affected by it. And now on to this week's episode. And I found, you know, um, when I didn't follow, you know, what you, you know, your education, you know, if I didn't follow things and really listen to my body, I got into trouble. I got into big trouble and I got into a lot of pain. And so um, I had to learn, okay, well, I can't do all this in one day and then take off the next three days, you know. Welcome to the Conquering Your Fibromyalgia podcast. I am your host, Dr. Michael Lenz and author and narrator of Conquering Your Fibromyalgia, Real Answers and Real Solutions for Real Pain. I am a pediatrician, an internist, a lifestyle medicine physician, and a clinical lipidologist with over 25 years of experience as a medical doctor. My goal is to weave the best of both medical management and lifestyle medicine to helping those who have fibromyalgia. I want them to go beyond just surviving to living well and even reversing fibromyalgia. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is looked at as a supplement or starting point to help build a deeper understanding of the pathophysiology and treatments for fibromyalgia. This does not replace an office visit with your medical doctor or provider. And enjoy the podcast. We continue the conversation with Teresa, and she tells us that she continued her education working to be a nurse. Yes, I got I got that. So getting back to your treatment, you had had your restless leg treated at a good dose, working well, sleeping well, and also had your ADHD fine-tuned. And also you were working towards pacing yourself and eating a much healthier whole food, plant-based diet. Looking back, you had your fibromyalgia impact score drop from 86 down to around 51. This was before you really got a chance to implement healthy lifestyle choices. And then we talked about pacing, which is trying to be consistent with your exercise throughout the day, not having days where you were very active, and then having subsequent days where you were very sedentary. What do you recall about those early days? Well, the early stages, I was I was so excited. I, I mean, everything I thought was going on with me, um, you know, you supported it. Yes, this is what's happening to my body. It's okay. Was I 100%, you know, agreeable to things? No. Um, did I challenge a few things? Yes. You know, oh, I don't need my Adderall today. You know, I can do this. And I found, you know... Um, when I didn't follow, you know, what you, you know, your education, you know, if I didn't follow things and really listen to my body, I got into trouble. 
I got into big trouble and I got into a lot of pain. And so um, I had to learn, okay, well, I can't do all this in one day and then take off the next three days, you know. I had to figure out, and with your education, I had to learn that I have to do, I have to keep busy, you know, every, every day, you know, try to keep it level, that, that intensity level, don't go way up. And sometimes I'd lose it and I'd go way up and do something really, you know, bold. And then all of a sudden I'm in pain again the next three days. So that was my, that was my big challenge. Try to do something every day. Keep busy. You know, don't sit in front of the TV. Keep moving. Try to get your steps in. I got, I got a Fitbit, you know, and because of you. And uh, I counted my steps in the past, but I really was passionate about that. You know, and some days I'd be, you know, 2,000, 5,000, then all of a sudden it's a bad day and I got to go back down to 1,000. And, you know, and uh, with your education, you said you can't do that. You have to try to keep that level, you know, every day with your body and then slowly increase. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, and are in the severe or extreme levels of fibromyalgia, it would be pretty cruel if you have coexisting restless leg and ADHD to try to get better without getting those under control. Part of the podcast and writing the book is that there's so much information that has to be taken in. A lot of times it can be like taking a drink from a waterfall. It's all so much to take in. And on the first visit that we had, I had so much to share with you. I know I spent well over an hour with you, and yet I was only able to scratch the surface. The closest I'd say I ever got to the exhaustion of fibromyalgia would be when I was an intern and resident with very little sleep and would be post-call, trying to operate the next day, exhausted, trying to learn something at noon conference, not being sharp with maybe one hour of sleep. So again, for those who are in the extreme range, if we have to treat the restless leg and ADHD if you have them and they're existing. It's almost like yelling at somebody because they can't see well and need glasses and they're trying to play the game of baseball where you have to see the ball and hit the ball and they are continually striking out and not hitting well. And it just would be cruel and unfair to expect somebody to get past that until those are addressed and treated appropriately. I can give you all of the proper instruction on how to hold a baseball bat, how to swing the baseball bat, give the proper lessons, and until you get the pair of glasses to help you, it only goes so far. I think your story is just one of many stories of patients of mine who have gotten better, and it's inspiring to see you get better. I try to compare myself to a coach where I try to put my patients in the best position to be successful. For a basketball coach that's been coaching many players for decades and has had great success, he has a way to help get them better, and he can say, hey, here's what we can do. Here is the path. This has worked for others. And I think you can improve if we can put this all together. You might say, is that really necessary? And even for you had mentioned in some earlier adjustments that you were questioning, do I really need to do this? Just like a 
Claire may say, do I really need to do all the drills and as frequent and as consistent as the coach is recommending? But as you start to realize, when you start to put these together, you start to have success. And as this type of success in, for you is getting better, functioning better, and having less discomfort, less pain, and less fibro fog, and overall just having a complete improvement in the quality of your life. And I think also for you, Teresa, there's a certain amount of reframing or understanding of what fibromyalgia is and how to approach it. It's very different than a lot of other medical problems where you can treat with a simple intervention, like taking out the appendix or treating an infection with an antibiotic and improve. This is a much more comprehensive, sustained approach. Like a good coach, I want to put you in the best position to be successful. So when it comes to pacing, the first step is, hey, you need to get an activity counter or step counter. Let's see where you're at. And a lot of people don't even realize how much variability there is from day to day and how that affects their health and how that affects their fibromyalgia. Many are unaware of how cyclical their activity was and how that is actually sabotaging and making their functioning a lot worse. You may realize you go from 2,000 to 9,000 steps from one day to another, but if you can hit the middle point and then gradually increase that like you were, also you realize that you may have gotten 4,000 steps on one day, but it might have all been in an hour and a half, and then the rest of the day you were very sedentary and hardly moved. And if you aren't working at a job where you get paid to move and are kind of driving you to move, it's easy when you're feeling fatigued and run down to stay sedentary. And this will lead to a gradual but steady improvement over time. And as we talked on other podcasts, there is a significance to the benefits of eating healthy. We need to be consistent with it, eating a diet that's high in whole plant foods and how that can be so beneficial. It's so important to be consistent. Someone may hear that exercise is good for you and try to give it all, give it all. I had a patient of mine who said, Dr. Lenz, you said exercise is important. So I pushed and I pushed and I pushed so hard. And I said, no, no, no. I never said push until you collapse. I said, you need to pace yourself and gradually increase that and be consistent over time. And for you, you were incorporating all of these things, but this was over a couple years. This didn't happen all at once. You were adding and improving to these. But tell us about the initial diet changes you made and how that change and benefit that you experienced when you were eating much more of a whole food plant-based diet. With my diet, I was never overweight. You know, I had two babies, you know, the normal uh, weight gain, um, just never overweight. Um, I always, I love salads. I love greens. I, I like more vegetables and fruits. Um, but with the irritable bowel, it, it took me down, you know, um, it either went one way or the other way, you know. Uh, so I had to walk away from more fresh fruits and vegetables and, and go into more carbohydrates, you know, like the bad stuff, you know, a piece of bread or a lot of rice just to calm down my irritable bowel. Um, you you um, helped my husband lose 100 pounds on a plant-based diet. 
And that was amazing because um, at the time this happened, you know, uh, he he just moved to to Delafield and and he was he was on fire. I mean, I, my God, he felt great. His blood pressure was better. His heart rate and everything else. Um, it, it was just did wonders for him with his heart disease. Um, so I thought, what the heck? I will, you know, let me look at it. Let's not that I'm overweight, but I, you know, doesn't hurt to eat healthy. Um, at the time, I, because of all the medication I was on for rheumatology, I was thinner, um, but I wasn't healthy. You know, I, I, I wasn't eating right. Um, so um, through these past three and a half years, especially this year, I mean, COVID was hard. You know, COVID time was really difficult to um, um, eat the way I wanted to eat. A little more I, uh, more emotional eating, I think, at that time. Uh, you're, you know, you, we were all locked in. You know, um, so once uh, we got our, you know, got our immunizations, everything else, I really uh, got passionate about going back to the plant-based diet. And I'm down, because I was up at least 20 pounds, I'm, I'm back down 25 pounds. And I feel great. And my irritable bowel is gone. And I can eat salads. <laughs> you know, I can eat fresh fruit. So I think it all is connected to how I'm taking care of myself due to the education on fibromyalgia and, of course, incorporating the exercise and incorporating, you know, the plant-based diet. I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm on board. I'm, 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 I'm so happy. I cannot believe it. But it's, 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 it's still, I'm still um, working at it every day. It's not like, okay, everything's fine. You know, muscle memory, I'll remember all this. No, because uh, with, uh, I, like I told you before, the steps, you know, I was tracking my steps. Well, uh, I don't have to track my steps anymore. You know, yeah, the Fitbit on, but I won't see day to day. No, I'm going to go back and get the, you know, go online and make sure I am tracking it every day. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it because I know some days I don't get the steps I should be getting in. I've got to work really hard and I've got to be passionate. I've got to say this is my life and this is how I'm going to feel better. You know, migraines, the headaches, they're gone. You know, I, I thought it was normal to have a headache. How many years do you think you had had headaches? Oh, I had headaches since I was young. Uh, uh, I, I'd say in my, before my teens. And, uh, you know, um, with, with uh, female menses, I mean, I was in extreme pain. And everyone said, that's normal. That's normal. You're fine. That's normal. Uh, so I just, you know, read as much as I could on it and tried to understand and just said, this is normal. I think your story with the IBS flare-ups before all this comprehensive approach and is similar to people who have had symptoms and they may say, well, I tried that diet. I ate a big salad and it didn't agree with me. I tried exercise and I went with a friend who was very motivating and we went on a long five mile hike and then I felt exhausted even though it was entertaining at the time and the next couple of days I was feeling terrible. Um, might have had the bean burrito and the next day I just feel terrible and my IBS is 
acting up and had terrible cramping and diarrhea. And thank goodness I was at home. You're eating a diet now that is very high in fiber. And if you would have just taken that on all at once, probably would have really caused a severe flare up. But now it's making you feel so much better. A lot of this has to do with the gut brain axis. There is a back and forth communication with the gut brain axis through and intricate ways that alter how your body feels, how sensitive it is both in the gut and in general with pain. For someone who has fibromyalgia or whether or not they have fibromyalgia, you have shared your story about how you've had to endure this, but also how you have gotten better. When I look back at now your fibromyalgia impact score, your score now is less than 20. And that's in the level of those that are unaffected by fibromyalgia, essentially in the normal range, reversing fibromyalgia. This is something that can get better. This isn't something that has to be stigmatized, even though you might be wrestling with that diagnosis internally. You might have felt disrespected and didn't feel that you're going to be able to get better, but now you're out here sharing your story, that you have this, and this is something that you've been able to get through. There is a caterpillar walk for fibromyalgia that I was just made aware of last May, and it's helped build awareness and also a fundraiser for that. And this is hopefully something that we can possibly do this next May. This is where we will end the podcast for today, and we will finish up our interview with Therese. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can show your support for the podcast by sharing this episode with others, hitting the like or share button. And if you're interested and want to support, you can also look at getting the book available on Amazon or through Audible if you're much more of an auditory learner. This podcast is being recorded the week of Christmas, so I wish all those listening a very Merry Christmas and see you at the next podcast. Thank you.